Coming to you from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Quinn Spin. Hey now, and welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of The Quinn Spin. I'm your host, The Quinn. I'm back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, YouTube, and more for another rousing and riveting installment of the official podcast of Underground Music Collective. And that was Rebel Nine's All I Become. You heard at the top of the show, our opening theme song since the great year of 2014, and it will be until the very end of days. Year 10 Overdrive continues. You can at least partially see the giant number 10 behind us with the Quinn Spin logo. 10th birthday coming up and we have another very special guest we have hip-hop artist podcaster gaming enthusiast 24 joining us on the show what's happening what's going on very excited to have you sir Thanks thank for you joining. thank you for having me i appreciate it absolutely we've got a lot to talk about a lot to cover today uh before we dive into all the things i'm going to ask you the three standard questions i ask everybody who comes on the show feel free to take these however you want cool, cool cool those three questions are who are you what are your passions and why on earth what do you want to come on the Quinn Spin? <laughs> well, like you said, I am 2-4, uh, born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, so, you know, one of those unicorns you hear a lot about. A rarity. Um, that's exactly right. Um, I am a very eclectic person, uh, but I am also a very simple person at the same time. Uh, like I said, born and raised here in Nashville. I've sat here and watched the city, you know, grow into this monstrosity that it is. <laughs> um, and, you know, basically my music has kind of, followed that trajectory i guess you could say um when starting out in life i was a huge athlete i basically played sports all the way to college mm-hmm. um and so as that journey was kind of progressing so did my music kind of follow it you know my emotions the things i was going through all of that stuff um and also you know all of my other passions that kind of floated into it as far as you know like you said gaming um, I'm kind of into fashion, you know, just a whole bunch of different things. Um, and it just kind of makes me, you know, me, you know, in a, a unique way. Um, give me the second question. Well, you covered it. What oh, are your passions? I was going to say, well, yeah, my passions, like I said, gaming, music, uh, fashion. Um, I like cars. You know, I'm not really like, a, you know, I can't necessarily like work on cars and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I do love pretty cars um and you know just kind of vibing out i love nashville you know been here all my life so um you know i like being around the city watching it grow uh going to different restaurants and stuff Mm -hmm. you know i like to travel but um at the same time you know nashville is very much home um and that's the reason why i I love being on the shows because you know things that happen in nashville are very uh unique you know what i'm saying and i feel like Nashville as a whole, you know, one of the great things about Nashville is we come together quite, you know, quite well as Mm -hmm. far as no matter if it's musically or, you know, artistry and kind of any form. uh, Nashville is very unique in that aspect. And so uh, anything that has to do with Nashville, anybody that's in Nashville, you know, I love to vibe with it. And, you know, I'm saying, and you know, go from there. Absolutely. Well, happy to have you. I'm really interested to hear more about your athletic background, because like for me, I played football. High school, college, a little bit of semi-pro, tried out for arena, didn't make it. And then I was, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm not going to get paid. I'm not going to bash my head in anymore. Right. But like, I find so many lessons from like football, from sports, mm-hmm. like showing up in the independent entrepreneur hustle. Right. Right. Like the sense of resilience, the grit. Right. Like 
it, it shows up in different ways. And like, I find myself drawing on that time in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, how that shows up for you. So to start out, I'll, I, let me name all of the sports that I had played or played all the way up to college. And basically when I got to high school, I started to narrow it down. But yeah. starting out, I played baseball, basketball, football, or ran track. Um, a lo- there was a little time where lacrosse was in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, I was kind of pr- track, uh, pr- uh, training to be on the bowling team. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just so, like, I, I just love sports. Sports yeah. is, like, my thing. And, you know, these days I love going to the soccer games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, sports has very much been a part of my life, you know, since the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and so as I was sort of narrowing down, and I played football, that was my main sport. Yeah. And so – the lessons learned is, like you said, the resiliency, the things that, you know, the, the, the all of the things you really have to go through to become, you know, because I thought I w- that was, you know, one of the dreams. I thought I was going pro. Right. And, you know, I thought I was, you know, going to be doing uh, all of these things uh, athletically. Um, but oddly enough, that journey kind of got cut short a little bit, mostly by me. And, you mm-hmm. know, life kind of happens. But yeah. that's where my music started to develop is mm-hmm. that like all of the things in the background that a lot of athletes don't really talk about as far as like the things they're dealing with and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Music was that outlet for me. And so that's where I started to develop my songwriting and uh, started to develop, you know, just my artistry as a whole, like, okay, this is really starting to, you know, become a thing where like, it's just not a hobby anymore. Now it's more like, okay, this is, I have a passion for this. I really love doing this. And so that's really, you know, when I was in college, that was really kind of like, you know, like, I want to do music like this is what I want to do like not really sure where I'm going with it just yet but I just I know that music has a place in my life somewhere you know what I'm saying and so basically after I cut out sports and I started to go full bore into the music then I started to like okay yeah this is really what I need to be doing Mm -hmm. with my life like this is I feel like this is my calling and this is what I need to you know I'm saying be trying to pursue a little bit more yeah was there a particular experience or like event you know along your musical journey that made you that kind of flipped the switch for you like this is what I'm doing so the it is it kind of happened in stages so in high school um you know, I was, you know, in English class and doing all this stuff like, you know, a lot of other people. And so we had this like poetry contest and my teacher at the time uh, was like, you know, you should enter, you know, your your stuff is really good. And I, basically I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. All I was doing was writing like uh, basically verses. Basically, yeah. I was like, OK, you know, listening to songs at home and stuff like that. And so I'm like, you know, OK, I'll, you know, I'll try it out. Well, Long story short, I basically kind of swept the whole competition. I kind of won the whole thing. Uh It kind of got in the school paper, all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) you know, that's something. And so that one, that started to sort of pique my interest a little bit. But also I had the luxury of having an audio engineering class at my high school. Mm. And so first starting out, like before I knew that, like kind of songwriting and writing music and stuff was not really my thing. Um, I started, you know, try to produce beat making and stuff like that. We had a, a studio at the school. And so I'm learning about Pro Tools. I'm learning about all these different things about being in the studio. Because that was the first time I had really ever been in a studio right. ever. And so, you know, playing keyboard and you just kind of learning different things and learning the outlets and, uh, you know, just kind of watching. 
And then it got to the point to where I was like, okay, now let me try to, you know, let, let's see what the step up is, you know? And so I first started to get in the studio, uh, music role, you know, all these different studios I was trying to, you know, get into and, uh, you know, music that sounded quite terrible, but you know what I'm saying? I, it, it was a experience, you know, that I won't really forget because it was just like, okay, this is the start. You know, I'm not sure. Like I, I hadn't fully built my, uh, identity yet as an artist and right. you know I'm still trying to figure out okay my voice as far as like my tone and you know just different things like that and so it the steps you know as and as my life kind of progressed and kind of went through different experiences and stuff is really kind of what helped me kind of progress my music career it just kind of followed my life really yeah yeah you know and I think those early formative experiences in your passion are so important too because right. like you figure out what works and what doesn't, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I say this on the show all the time. There are definitely shows from this 10 years that are in the vault that will never come out of the vault. <laughs> right. You right, know, right, like, right, right. you know, there's definitely content we've created that like, if I were to, you know, look back on it, I wouldn't be proud of. And I'm yeah. sure like, even looking back, there'd be stuff that would surprise me, you know, yeah. like, wow, that was actually, you know, for 2014, that was pretty good. Yeah. But sure. like it all, like, even if it, even if something doesn't go well, doesn't turn out the way you want, even if it's not good quality, what it does is it points your compass toward what is good. You oh, learn yeah. from it. Because I definitely it. got hard drives with you know with music on. I was like, yeah, that's never seeing the light of day. Yeah. But but it is like sometimes I will go back to like the beginning, like to some old songs, just to be like, okay, just to kind of you know give myself that direction of okay this is where i started yeah. you know now i you know i feel like i'm in a you know great place as far as musically and i kind of know how my direction goes and you know the sounds that i want to do and just different things like that so just kind of keeping that perspective of where i kind of came from as mm -hmm. far as to you know in the future you know now and then going into the future kind of where i want to you know be at so yeah. uh, i think it is important to kind of it's almost like you cataloging your journey almost yeah. you know what i'm saying and like you said a lot of people might not see that stuff that's in the vault and you know you never know it might become a time where it's like you know i might just drop this just to you know just to give people a perspective of you know what really right. you know this is and where this actually came from right so, yeah you know and it's inspiring for you too because you you get to see how far you've come, yeah you know in mm -hmm. that time so like from point a to point b you go that same difference distance rather from b to c right, right and it's right. like where are you gonna be then you yeah. know like it just shows that you can come a long way over time if mm -hmm. you stick with something and it gives you that extra, extra inspiration, right? And as somebody like me, I deal with like anxiety and depression and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so sometimes, you know, the, you know, when things don't necessarily work out the way yeah. you kind of want them to, or, you know, a situation kind of arises and you really, you know, are kind of lost in, you know, the moment, I guess, like mm -hmm. that can kind of bring you back to reality a little bit yeah. as far as, you know, okay, I'm all right. You know, like yeah. that didn't work out. Now I know, you know, kind of what did work, what didn't work. Yeah. And now I can kind of pivot and, you know, maybe try, try again and see, you know, maybe next time if I take a different step, maybe I have a different outcome. So yeah. Yeah. The more lumps you take, the more accustomed you are to taking mm -hmm. them, you know, and as somebody who's, you know, I've been pretty open about mental health, you know, mm -hmm. on, on my end throughout the course of my journey here. And, you know, it's important to have those things that you can refer to, right. you know, and not that you want to go back to that time, like mm -hmm. the simpler times or whatever, <laughs> right. but it's like, Hey, you know, like I did things that, you know, really started to propel this forward. You know, it's capturing those things that worked and applying right. them to your current situation and reminding yourself too, that like, there are these ups and downs, mm -hmm. you know, and like, you're not going to stay up here forever. You're not going right. to stay down here forever. It's an ebb and flow. What's that a uh, quote? This too shall pass. You mm -hmm. know, you know, it's it is kind of keeping 
you know, trying to keep that level, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Just making sure that, you know, if it didn't work, oh, it, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? If it did work, I mean, it's still all right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just kind of keeping that level and, you know, kind of keeping that perspective on, you know, whatever that goal is or whatever, uh, you know, you want to kind of accomplish down the line. So. Yeah. It, it is a grind though, you know, and it is mm-hmm. tough to, you know, keep everything in balance, keep yourself in balance, mm-hmm. you know, everything in check, you know, from a mental, emotional standpoint. Right. Is there anything, you know, any techniques that you've discovered over the course of your journey that like help you keep everything in balance? Like as far as self-care, as far as, you know, your routine, mm-hmm. like things that kind of help you keep in balance so you can remain at your highest level. So, you know, at, at being an athlete, I still keep up with my workout. I basically mm-hmm. almost not, I mean, not to the T, but I almost basically kind of keep the same workouts that I was doing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back when I was playing. So that also kind of contributes to my self-care and kind of, you know, it kind of helps my mentals like in the moment and stuff like that. But also recently getting back into doing yoga and meditating and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and, you know, just sometimes I'll be have my earbuds in. If I have a moment, I'll just pop on some uh ambient music or something or you know just something that kind of calms me down just breathe just kind of you know try to remember you know where i am like in the you know in the space and so um just try to not get too high get too low and so like you said it is a challenge it's it's not something you know it's easy for people to say you know it's it's gonna be all right well like in the moment i ain't all right you know what i'm saying (laughs) so like sometimes you know it is kind of easier said than done but uh, at the end of the day, you kind of, like you said, you always have these things that can kind of bring you back a little bit and kind of, uh, kind of help you exhale a little yeah. bit. And so, you know, like I said, I do do the self-care thing. You know, I try to do, you know, facial routines mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, sometimes go get massages, try to take myself some, you know, a nice vacation or mm-hmm. something. Just try to, you know, decompress a little bit. Cause you know, like you said, it is a grind. It is a lot of stress. And so, uh, the less of that you can kind of, you know, keep on your plate, you know, the better, you know, better off you'll be. So I just try to do a, a, a little bit of everything. And I'm also down to like, you know, I'm always trying to find different ways of mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, maybe that can help. Or maybe, you know, maybe that can take me to a place where, you know, maybe I haven't, you know, thought about or experienced or something like that. So. Yeah, you, ha- you have to find ways to step away and fill your cup once in a while. Mm-hmm. And growing up in Nashville, you know, but also having Nashville be the center of the music industry and yep. the music universe, like being at home, I'm sure for you, can you know, it can be hard to step away. Like I'm not even from here and I find it hard like when I'm in Nashville to not focus on work. Yeah. You know, I had a friend visit recently and it was like, you know, my mind was so on work. I didn't feel like I was present, but like if yeah. I go back home to New Jersey or Pennsylvania, it's like, okay, like I'm there, mm-hmm. you know, and that's an opportunity. So like being from here, you know, and with so much of the music industry and so much of what you're pursuing being right here in music city, like, you know, is there anywhere in particular you like to go to try to get away from that? to come back refreshed. Um, that's a good one. Um, I, I like I said I do like to try to vacay every every now and again um and that that does like vacations really do help me kind of get out of you know kind of the Nashville mm-hmm. rush I guess you could say yeah. um and also because like even though Nashville is home it is you know my comfort and stuff like that even like some of the experiences that I've had musically in Nashville haven't always been great and so um you know there's things that like I've experience you know with different people or uh different people i've worked with or something like that that didn't go you know right and even with kind of just 
the way the kind of the music industry works here in general. Yeah. Like, you know, especially me being a, a hip hop artist, like it's not, you know, that many avenues as far as trying to get yourself out there. And so like I've had to kind of put myself in different positions to where like I kind of have to force people to hear me, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Instead of everybody knows it's the home of country music. That's not right. going to change. Um, and so a lot of the, you know, people, whether it's artists, executives or whatever, I mean, that's kind of the mindset. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is what it is. And so, um, you know, I've kind of had to, you know, kind of step outside the box. I've had to think outside of the box. Like I've had to perform at different places where it probably wasn't really conducive for, you know, it wasn't really my crowd or, you know, but I still got up there and did my thing and, you know, left with a few fans. And so it's kind of one of those things where you kind of have to, uh, in a way, not necessarily force it, but you do have to kind of put yourself out there and kind of do it in a way that's, you know, respectful, but also in a way that's like, you know, I'm going to make sure you hear me, you know, right, I'm going to yeah. make sure that, you know, my, my art and my voice is not getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah. How do you feel if, if you feel, how is the landscape within Nashville and its embrace of hip hop evolved? over because you've been here your entire life right certainly the city itself has changed has that been reflected in the culture embracing hip-hop though i believe that i mean well kind of starting at the beginning like i feel like hip-hop had a presence but like it was so minute like mm -hmm. that like you had to really know where to go and you really had to seek it out in a way now i mean I, I can tell you multiple times like where I'm walking, I might be on Broadway or just, you know, in the city doing something. And people be like, you know, I like country and everything. But like, where am I? You no, know, where's the pop? Where's the hip hop? Right. Where's the, you know? And so like people are seeking it out now. And it, I think also that, you know, the melting pot that Nashville is, you know, got different cultures, different people coming from everywhere. And so naturally, you know, as the city grows, naturally as kind of things progress and people, you know, hip hop is, you know, one of the top genres now. So, I mean, like, it's not like, you know, it's hidden, you know right. what I'm saying? And I think the more that, like I said, the city grows and stuff like that, the more venues will start to pop up and, you know, different people will start to seek it out. So it's definitely grown, um, as the city has grown, uh, it'll, it'll, like I said, I think it'll always still kind of be backseat to kind of the other, uh, genres as far as like country and folk and stuff like that in the city. And that's just cause the history of the city and mm -hmm. kind of just kind of how, uh, it, it is like, you know, country singers come to Nashville to, you know, try to make it, you yeah. know what I'm saying? That's the thing. And so, uh, you know, I've had, now I have had multiple people say, man, you need to probably be in LA or you need to probably be in Atlanta mm -hmm. or something like that. And, I look at that as like, you know, I obviously try to touch those spots and try to reach out to those places. But yeah. I almost look at it as a situation of, you know, if I can make it in my city, if I can make it here, then I can create something that's a little bit more organic. Mm -hmm. I can do it in a way that is, you know, people kind of see it and gravitate toward it a little bit more. And then, you know, once we kind of build a foothold like that, then we can start to spread out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'd rather do it like that, a little bit more grassroots um, and kind of let Nashville kind of not necessarily dictate it, but kind of let Nashville feel it and then kind of develop its own type of sound and culture and stuff like that and then start to push it. I don't want to just go to another place and be yeah. like, hey, you know, I, I'm here now. So let's, you know, kind of do this thing. Yeah, because the ingredients are there. I mean, I'll be here. It'll be five years in November. And just in that time, like seeing 
the how hip hop has become more prominent, mm-hmm. R and B soul has become more prominent in Nashville. It, it's encouraging. Like, and I know other artists who you know think that same way. It's like, well, why would I go somewhere else when there when there's something to build here? Yeah, and there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of culture here, you know. And you, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like very eclectic too. It's mm-hmm. like even the people that like you know might do country or country is that they like they like hip hop too. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying. And like me, I'm very eclectic in my music taste. Like I like a bunch of different genres and things like that. So I think you know as it starts, like I said, just the growth. Like as it grows, as it starts to you know a rising tide, you know flows out both. And yep. so uh, you know hopefully you know the city's only growing by the day, and so. The more that continues to happen, I think, you know, hip hop as well as all the other genres that are, you know, on the come up will continue to kind of grow and kind of feed itself, really. Yeah, it reminds me, uh, a good friend of the show, Lord Goldie, she's been on a couple of times. She's a hip hop artist in town, if you're familiar. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, similar mindset as far as like getting into spaces that hip hop wouldn't normally be. Mm -hmm. She performs with a full band called Mm -hmm. Muja. They're tremendous, just tight musicians. And like... She's able to go around at different venues where hip hop traditionally hasn't been or hasn't been welcome. Right. And show people like the musicality, show mm-hmm. people, you know, the energy behind it, a different side to the genre. Like, because I mean, like I've performed at Hard Rock. Yeah. I've performed like in a little space down at BB King's, mm-hmm. like different spaces where hip hop is not really yeah. the thing at like the, the Hard Rock show that I did. Like I was the only hip hop artist, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like you have to kind of like find those ways. And the good thing about it is like these places that, you know, book book all these artists and stuff like that, they're open to it. That You know, and that is also another thing where it's like, it's not so much closed off anymore, you mm-hmm. know? And like, probably, I probably wouldn't have been able to do that show, you know, way back when, you know, at the Hard Rock or something like that. And so I think more people are starting to open up to, you know, hip hop really, you know, it is a really big genre. You know, there are different avenues that different people can kind of take it. And so, um, you know, hopefully more people continue to, you know, kind of gravitate towards that. And, um, you know, I I love working with different artists, especially if they're not in the genre, because right. then I can kind of introduce them to some things They can introduce me to some things. And then we can kind of, you know, what I'm saying as I progress and maybe I have a different project, I'm like, hey, you know, I learned that skill. I learned that kind of thing. Maybe I can kind of use that on a different project or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. And at the end of the day, we're all fighting a similar battle as independent artists. Oh, for sure. You know, it looks different, you know, based on what we do. You know, whether genre wise, whether we're musicians or content creators or, you know, some other role in the industry. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're all starting from zero. And the best way to attack that is to work together. Yeah, for sure. I love what you said about the rising tide raises all boats. We say that all the time here, too, because it's like there's nothing you can do without other people yeah you know like you can't do it all by yourself. Music is a collaborative effort in general. So, yeah, there is no like you know there's nobody out here doing it by themselves yeah. at all and so uh, especially like a place like here where a lot of people are very generous with their time and you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying are willing to kind of step outside their comfort zones a little bit i, I think that's what makes nashville special really yeah yeah is that kind of like, even though it's a metropolitan area there is still kind of that small town mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. help your neighbor yeah, mentality, yeah. you know, pay it forward. It's the volunteer state for a reason. I mean, you know, it, it's, that really is like people really do embrace that. Especially even people that, you know, may have just moved here. Like people say it all the time. Like you can feel it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those things you walking down the street. If something happens, you know, it's going to be a lot of people that's probably going to be trying to help, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things where like, it's a very unique place to be. And like a lot of unique 
people in it. Yeah. Yeah. I've all, I've always felt since the first time I visited, like if you're doing good work for the right reasons and you come here with good intentions, like people are going to want to help mm-hmm. show you the way, take you under their wing. And eventually you get to a point where you can do that for others. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a pay it forward kind of culture. Yep. People want to help, you know, like, I grew up in New Jersey. I'm used to New York where it's like yeah. there's a fight in the subway and people are standing around filming it. Nobody's <laughs> yeah. stepping in to break yeah. it up. Yeah. You know, here, to your point, like people are willing to help. You know, you walk down the street in your neighborhood, people actually wave to you mm-hmm. and say hi. Yeah. You know, maybe that stop Southern hospitality. I mean, because I've been in New York and, you know, holding doors for people and stuff like that. You know, that's just that's how I was, I was right. you know, brought up. And so, like, you know, people I was getting like weird looks like I don't need you to hold the door for me and stuff. I'm like, well, you know, yeah. I, you know, this definitely ain't home. You know what I'm saying? And so I think just kind of like those values and that hospitality and things like that uh, are ingrained in the fabric of Nashville as a whole. Yeah. I just remember I once upon a time I worked in New York and I was commuting, you know, there several times a week. And I just remember thinking one day, like I'm sitting on the train on the way back into Jersey and there's one guy on the train trying to make conversation with the people (laughs) around him. And I'm like, that guy's not from here. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> yeah. that's how you know someone's uh-huh. not from New York because they're yeah. the person that's actually trying to engage with people, yeah. not just looking straight ahead or mm-hmm. down their that phone. tunnel vision. Yep. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know what it is. You know, I guess it's just like New York to me, and I'm not throwing shade, but like it's such sensory overload. There's <laughs> yeah, so I, much going yeah. on. Yeah, that's true. So many people, you know, and you know, especially post 9/11, it's kind of been a different yep. culture up there mm-hmm. where like everyone's even more on their guard than yeah. they were before. Yep. You know, for sure. So, but I love you, New York. But you know, that's, <laughs> y'all I mean, make great sandwiches. I'll give you that. Oh, Katz's Deli. <laughs> Ever go to Katz's Deli? I don't know if I went there, and I, I'm not sure. I I remember I had a bunch of sandwiches when I went, though. I'm not mm-hmm. sure where they came from, but I know they were all good, though. Oh yeah, pastrami at Katz's Deli. Yeah. Okay. Right. Next time you go. Yeah, I'll keep sure. that. I'll keep that in the memory bank for sure. So you're versatile, of course, outside of music as well. You've mm-hmm. got, of course, a very strong passion for gaming and mm-hmm. you have your own podcast so always like talking to another podcaster so yeah. tell us a little bit about it so really it didn't even really start out as a podcast really it's it started out as just me trying to attempt you know having a twitch channel yeah. and, you know trying to attempt the whole uh game and hustle i guess mm-hmm. you could say and it kind of developed into this thing uh called jams and joysticks is what it's called and so how it started was basically i was like you know I like gaming, you know, I do a nice a bit of gaming, you know, when I do have a little bit of free time. Um, but what if, you know, what if I was gaming with other artists? What if, I, you know, maybe we can kind of share ideas and stuff like that. And so it started to where I was like, you know, maybe I could interview some people and, you know, see if they would be interested, um, kind of see how it goes. And so it started out to where. I would interview somebody and then like we would just get on the game and just kind of chat a little bit. Yeah. It was just kind of like a, just a natural little thing. And it's kind of grown into this thing to where like, you know, I'm interviewing, you know, people constantly. Uh, people are constantly hitting me up. Hey, can I get interviewed? And, you know, recently I've been doing a lot of people within the gaming industry yeah. as, uh, uh, as a whole. And the reason why I think it's kind of important is because especially for, as an independent artist, we don't really think about income streams that are in the gaming industry right and so like but you got to think like it's hard pressed for you to find a game that doesn't have music Mm -hmm. you know and so like the whole sinking opportunities and things Mm -hmm. like that that could possibly pop up and so uh i basically reached out to a lot of people within the gaming industry you know build those relationships Mm -hmm. and so it's like you know if i can build those relationships they get they get to know me i get to know them we can kind of mesh and so 
uh, then, you know, I, I kind of have aspirations of wanting to go to these different gaming conferences yeah. and uh, go to maybe set up a booth or something mm-hmm. and kind of interact with different people. And in turn, I'm kind of getting myself out there. I'm getting my music out there. Obviously, I use my music as a lot of the background for uh, the show. And so naturally, you know, my music kind of gets out there a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, later this year, I'll actually be getting back to doing some streaming and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, as I do game people within the industry, other artists and stuff like that, I'm getting myself out there for yeah. one, but also I'm kind of, you know, collaborating, potentially looking for different um, opportunities as far as sponsorships yeah. and different things like that. And so I think it's a big melting pot and people don't, a lot of people don't know the gaming industry as far as revenue is bigger than the music industry. Oh, it's yeah. bigger than the movie industry. Mm-hmm. And so you know sometimes you gotta go where the money is and Mm -hmm. so you know especially like i said i'm kind of big and kind of looking into uh sinking opportunities and stuff like that and so uh you know different games that i listen to i'm listening to the soundtracks i'm listening to you know the different things that are kind of popping up and people are saying about it and Mm so uh just doing that deep dive a little bit and kind of picking people's brains as far as how they feel about it kind of how they go about looking for music and you know especially like a lot of the indie gamer uh people in the indie gaming culture to where like they don't have the major budgets they don't have like these super huge triple a games to where like you know they're putting millions of dollars and so you know, if they have a small budget, they might be looking for a small artist, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, or a smaller artist. Um, and just those collaborations and, you know, who's to say, you know, maybe somebody might hear your music on that game. That's how they follow you. Now yeah. they're a fan for life, you know. Yeah. And so it's just building those different relationships and those different things. And it's been pretty cool to kind of witness and experience and kind of get people's, you know, two cents on all of it. Yeah, I, I, I think back to high school when Madden started doing the soundtracks mm-hmm. every year and like, there are still songs from those Madden soundtracks yeah. that I have on playlists uh-huh. today, like my gym yeah. playlist, everything. Yep. Like, that, like, when I was playing football in high school, it's mm-hmm. like you leaned on that music. And yep. I feel like when Madden started doing that, EA started doing that, like, it really changed the game and, like, opened up so many opportunities for artists and mm-hmm. for the crossover between those worlds. And, like, it's set up for this day and age where, like, all these worlds of entertainment cross over yep. so frequently, mm-hmm. you know, I think of somebody- and everybody's dabbling in all this different stuff too. So like, yeah. you know, you have a lot of uh, artists you see, especially your major artists, they kind of transition from possibly being a full-time artist to now they're doing movies and, mm-hmm. you know, now they're, you know, doing all these different things. They're streaming on YouTube, they're yeah. doing all these different stuff. And so, you know, there's a lot of opportunity as far as, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I still want to do my music, but maybe I want to focus a little bit on something else. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe this opportunity is kind of calling and I always wanted to do it, but never really had the opportunity. And yeah. maybe my music career kind of gives me the opportunity to mm-hmm. do that. And so it's, it's, it's really interesting to kind of see how all of it kind of fits together. It is like a big puzzle, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it, it is, uh, you know, the music, the movies, the, gaming i mean all of it has a place especially you know now that social media is this just gigantic thing like it all that's kind of where it all meets you know in the middle really and it kind of meshes together and it it, in a way it's almost kind of sensory overload a little bit but um you know it all has its place and especially if you find that one thing that you know you can kind of gravitate to and you can kind of uh you know attach that you know one thing to i i think it you know overall it's only going to get bigger as far as you know once ai gets more developed Mm -hmm. and all of this different stuff that's on the horizon you know vr and Mm -hmm. all these different things 
you're going to be able to do a bunch of different things. Like, especially, you know, I think that kind of crossover kind of accelerated, you know, when the pandemic happened, yeah. actually. Oh, and so, yeah. um, you know, now people are more open to uh, online concerts and VR concerts mm -hmm. and uh, all these different things, even though, you know, the outside is opening back up a little bit more, you know, that's another revenue stream. It's yeah. still a way to connect with your fans. It's mm -hmm. still a way to, you know, kind of do something extra. And so, um, I think it is going to play a big part the more that all of this stuff gets developed. Yeah, because if you want to spend a quiet night in now, you have more options. <laughs> yeah. You have more uh -huh. entertainment options, more of the entertainers you know are presenting right. things virtually or hybrid, you know, mm -hmm. like coming to you from their live show, but you could also buy a virtual ticket if they're not coming to your city. Right. I mean, there have been so many advances, and you know, I think that's one of the silver linings of the pandemic is for creatives, independent creatives, especially it's opened up a world of revenue possibilities mm -hmm that maybe we weren't thinking of before because we were thinking of the more traditional get out, play shows. Right. It's still important to do that. Mm -hmm. But also, like, we have the tools that we've never had before to reach new fans and a crossover between our passions. And, like, one, one you know, one piece of your creative output in one area of passion can open doors for you in another. Right. You know, like, I think of, like, people, like, in the world of pro wrestling, right, who have gone into, like, acting who's yeah. gone into music yeah. like somebody like xavier woods you mm -hmm. know, who's yep. gone into the gaming world and has really yep. been embraced by that culture as well mm -hmm. as the pro wrestling culture somebody like, like t-pain who yeah. i mean had a huge music career and now he's basically hitting it off on youtube like yeah. so i mean like it, it is a interesting dynamic to where like you can count and i mean now granted obviously like that you know their main passion obviously fuels kind of that you know it's what brought them uh, yeah dance. i mean yeah. obviously that kind of you know as far as financially as far as you know the the image and stuff like if you already kind of got that fan base if you build a fan base you basically do whatever you want mm -hmm. i mean so um i think it just opens up like you said a lot of possibilities yeah. a lot of other income streams especially for independence to where like at first it was i, I don't know how to get in that door like right. you know how how am i supposed to get my music on a game mm -hmm. and now you can not necessarily that it's you know super easy because it's definitely not but it is easier in the aspect of where like you can find these different curators yeah. and these different people that are playlisting this stuff and soundtracking this stuff and you you know you never know and, and it sometimes it's the smallest people like mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's not always like that big executive in that right. big company you might see the smallest person you might reach out to them on instagram and you never know what can come of that? Right. And so I think just that, in, you know, that dynamic of, hey, I can DM this person and nothing may come of it, but right. something might, you know, yeah. it, even if it's just me interviewing them mm -hmm. or me, you know, hey, you know, I got this song that, you know, I see you working on this game. Hey, yeah. I got something that might potentially, you know, you might could use, you know, and it's not always, especially as an independent, you got to get creative. Yes. And so like, you know, all of us want to get paid, mm -hmm. obviously, but sometimes it's like, hey, I'm not necessarily worried about the money, you know, up front. I just kind of need the exposure yeah. or I kind of just want to see kind of where this takes me as far as, hey, you know, keep me in mind. You yeah. know, if you got another project down mm -hmm. the road or if you got something, you know, and you never know that small executive might become a big executive. Yeah. And at that time they might, you know, I remember that, mm -hmm. you know, that artist that, you know, that did something for, you know, let me go see what they got going on or let Come me go together. see. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things to where that opportunity for that you know, it moment, you never know when that can happen. And so it's about, you know, being consistent and, you know, just kind of stepping out the box as far as like, you know, hey, it's not always about trying to 
catch the big fish. Sometimes you kind of got to baby step your way mm -hmm. into a different industry, a different passion. Cause like I, n not only gaming, like I love, like, especially here in Nashville, I like going to the art crawls. I love yeah. art. And so like just kind of art in its different forms, like, you never know like it like if i meet an artist like maybe i can get them to paint something maybe you know what i'm saying maybe i can find somebody who's doing some type of photography which you yeah. know obviously you need a photographer you need a videographer uh -huh. all of this different stuff and so you never know the doors that can open you know just experiencing all that yeah and every single opportunity every shot you take it's an at bat mm -hmm. you know it's a it's a chance mm -hmm. and like it doesn't have to be a swing for the fences. Sometimes yep. the single, the shallow left <laughs> yeah, yeah. is even yep. more effective, mm -hmm. you know, than the fly out at the warning track. Yep. You know, like every single thing is an opportunity. And there are so many, there are more opportunities than ever out there for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think what it really comes down to is like embracing what that means for you as far as your interests and rolling that into your personal yep. brand. Because mm -hmm. I think for so long, like, artists have either been confused as to how to develop a personal brand or have been against the idea because it's selling out. No, it's not. It's just putting out there who you are and what your interests are and finding opportunities based on those interests. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're being inauthentic. As a matter of fact, if you're doing it right, you're yeah, being completely exactly. authentic. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, And so it's, it's about identifying what that means for you and being this multifaceted human being that mm -hmm. you are just in a public consciousness. And that's the challenge too, because like, you know, as I'm doing, you know, jams and joysticks and, you know, now I'm a little bit more conscious of the music that I'm making. So now it's like, you know, I'm not necessarily making music, you know, for a game or nothing mm. like that per se, but it's like, you know, maybe I can kind of tailor the sound a little bit to where like, it might lend itself a little bit more to, you know, that curator maybe wanting to take a second listen at me or, uh, you know, things like that, or just being able to like, you know, or vice versa, you know what I'm saying? Like these curators, they're looking, they're, you mm -hmm. know, they're scouring the airways and they're scouring the social media for that, you know, and I mean, not only the gamers and stuff, but also the people we want to hear, you know, people in the industry, people mm -hmm. uh, in these different, you know, if you want a record deal or stuff like that, people are listening. And yeah. so, you know, if you have a, like you said, a, a brand and you can find a way to kind of tailor all of the things that you're doing into that brand and yeah. make it unique and authentic mm -hmm. um you can do whatever you want yeah. you know i mean that's that's kind of what it comes down to is you can do whatever you want yeah. i mean as long as you're you know being true to self mm -hmm. and uh you know keeping it quality and keeping it authentic i mean yeah. you know people gravitate to that yeah so. uh, basically what you're doing is you're connecting to people with similar interests mm -hmm. but you're mm -hmm. doing it you know from a business standpoint as well yeah which is sure. The smartest thing you can do here in the twenty <laughs> yeah. first century, mm -hmm. as any kind of independent creative or entrepreneur. Everything is a business, but not only that, you are a business, and mm -hmm. so you know, having that mindset of you know everything, having that business mindset, you know, everything that I do, you you kind of keep that in the back of your mind, like, hey, this is potentially another income stream. Hey, this is potentially a way to kind of get my brand in front of more people in front of people who've never even heard of me and so i i think it's a very unique time that we're living in to where you know it's like especially like somebody like me i hate social media i'm not even gonna lie to you <laughs> i i'm not a fan mm -hmm. like but i understand how powerful it is yes. and i do realize that i have to put myself out there and i have to be my authentic self even though i don't like you know social media i mean that's okay you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just 
finding a way to tailor it to where I can still be myself and not feel like I'm giving away pieces of, you know, oh, I'm not being authentic or I'm just doing this just because I have to do this and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so it's just finding those ways. And that's the part of being a creative and being independent. Yeah. You make it your own. Yeah. All, sure. It's all about making it your own and making it something that's true to you and mm -hmm. your vision, your passions, what you see for your life and your mm -hmm. career. At the end of the day, you know, it's it's simple. You know, it's a yeah. simple concept. Yeah. You know, I think we overcomplicate it based on, you know, seeing on social media what other people are doing. Yeah. The TikTok dances, the yeah. trends. Like, like that's not me. Like I'm not like I'm still fine. Like I have a TikTok and stuff, but I haven't really gotten into the TikTok machine as it were. And I'm that's kind of where I'm at now. Like currently it's like, okay, how can I fully get into this? You know, obviously it's a huge space for musicians mm -hmm. and artists as, as a whole. How can I do this to where like I don't have to get on here and do 75 dances, but how can I still put myself out there to where it's like, hey, like it's not always just about my music or how it's not always just, you know, people want to see like and I've kind of learned that from social media too. people want to see the quirky stuff yeah like, people want to see you know the day-to-day -day stuff mm -hmm. just as much as they want to see you doing your art or want to hear your music and stuff mm -hmm. like that and the so humor. yeah and yeah. so like it's you know especially like me like I'm a nerd I like to read I like to do all this different stuff and so like it's like finding a way to incorporate that and still be able to feel comfortable that you know hey i'm still being myself mm -hmm. this is not you know totally so off base to where like you know people are looking at it and i feel like people are looking at me and they're just staring at the wall type thing yeah. and so um you know it's definitely an interesting time as far as you know tiktok and instagram and all these different socials and you know i, I it's only gonna get I, I guess i say worse but i mean it's only gonna get bigger mm -hmm. um and, you know, as, you know, these different VRs and metas and all of these different worlds and stuff, you know, as AI, AI is really going to be the next kind of stepping stone. Because when AI starts to really kind of take off, I think that's really going to that's like the next evolution, the next step mm -hmm. as far as like now you're just going to have to tell something what to do yeah you know what i'm saying it's uh, not even like a thing of like you know i have to do this 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 and this now you can create an algorithm and now mm -hmm. you can you know and, and i mean it's gonna have its good and bads but um i think that's kind of the next step is the whole ai uh vr type of you know concept yeah. i guess you could say as it continues to evolve our brains will have to continue yep. to adapt to mm -hmm. it and that's i think where the challenge is i think you know at the advent of social media, like that was the challenge. Yep. Our brains mm -hmm. had never yeah. had something like that before. Yeah. And like it brought out a lot of ugliness about humanity, which I feel yeah. like has started to taper off a bit. But I or mean, maybe what I'm a time it was when MySpace was here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Uh -huh. Like, you know, AO, like, you know, uh, when dial up started to phase its way out. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, like, I lived in like an interesting time where like I, caught the very end of like dial up and Same. AOL yep. and all of that stuff. And, CDs, you know, you yeah, mail, exactly. So like, and I mean, really from cassettes to CDs to, you know, and now it's almost in a way kind of going backwards now, like Vinyl's vinyl back. and, yeah. you know, cassettes and stuff are starting to be back in style and stuff. So it's very interesting to like, see how kind of even the stuff that are kind of 
had phased itself out as kind of starting to become collector's items mm-hmm. and things that people actually want again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember the end of vinyl, like its first heyday, like mm-hmm. late 80s, early 90s. I was born in 87. And like we had a record player, but then like once it broke, it's like, well, we're not replacing that because <laughs> yeah. the future's here. It's cassette. Now you can CD. get one for about 40 bucks if you want. I mean, they're everywhere now. I mean, and I've kind of thought about like, you know, make like kind of incorporating that into kind of what I'm doing. Like if I do a major release or something, maybe I might make it a collector's edition where like I get 10 printed or mm-hmm. something like that and autograph it and make it into some merch and stuff like that. You know, as an independent, you kind of got to think of different ways mm-hmm. to where like, you know, money's not always just rolling in constantly like that. You don't have like an advance, you don't have all the different stuff. And so like thinking of ways to where like, you know, merch and, mm-hmm. you know, different ways to kind of, keep that brand kind of flowing, kind of keep that thing kind of going. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many ways to do it. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. finding the ones that I think are right for you, you know, and that resonate not only with you, but with your audience. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've talked about a lot of multifaceted Mm -hmm. aspects of the entertainment industry. I do want to get back to the music though, because you Mm -hmm. did just release a single. I did. Uh, Freak This is out now as of February 10th. It's been out about a month as of release date for this episode. Let's talk about that uh, creative process. So the way my creative process kind of works is kind of is basically how I write all my music. I rarely get the time to sit down and write Mm -hmm. like I I can't even tell you the last time I just sat down and just started writing Mm -hmm. like I'm always writing on the go. And so the way that my creative process works is I try to incorporate a lot of what I see, a lot of what I've experienced and things like that. Um, And kind of freak this kind of came out to where it was. I, I would like in a way it's kind of hard to call it motivational, but it really kind of is like within the lyrics and things like that. And it's just like a thing of, you know, people kind of want to, you know, especially in the music industry, like you don't always have a lot of fans. A lot of people do want to see you fall. A uh-huh. lot of people do want to see you down. And so like freak, this kind of came out to where it's like, yeah, you might be there, but I mean, you got to watch me do my thing too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like that's kind of how the concept kind of came about and, uh, you know, my writing process is like I'm I'm constantly thinking of like different bars and different yeah. things to where, uh, you know, I'm on the go and you know I just constantly like if you see me just constantly walking with the phone like mm-hmm. I'm I'm hammering it out you know yeah. what I'm saying and so um you know my creative process is very uh in a way like it started out very difficult because it's it's really hard to kind of do that because I'm always on the go I'm always you know working or doing something and so it's hard to find that space to really be in like fully immersed in that creative kind of environment. And so I've learned to like the things that I'm doing, the things that I experience, the things that I see, especially being in Nashville with all the different things that are popping up every day and stuff like that. It's, it kind of makes it a little bit easier to kind of create, uh, you know, kind of my own world in my head. And honestly, I think that's the good part of my anxiety is that like, I do have like, and I just recently learned this from my therapist. Not everybody has that inner voice type uh, of thing. Yeah. I definitely do. Yeah. And so like when things are starting to spark my you know, interest and like I am kind of like having that mental moment, like mm-hmm. in a way it does help kind of fuel my writing because it's like, OK, I'm kind of thinking, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of have to strike while the iron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I kind of have to do what I'm doing. But also I have this thought in my head. Let me go ahead and, you know, basically kind of embrace it kind of just kind of lean into it yeah and so basically freak this i I think i probably wrote freak this and probably 
I'll say I wrote that in two hours, probably mm-hmm. like some and some of them just crank out like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a, I have some songs that took me months to write. You know, I have some songs that are, you know, the quickest song I've ever written is probably like 15 minutes. Yeah. And so like that one was a quick one. But now I have so much to fall back on as far as I've released more music like I've uh, kind of experienced like, OK, I'm not really finding my voice anymore. I'm yeah. kind of. I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I get in the studio. I've rehearsed. I know what, you know, I want it to sound like. And I think that whole, you know, kind of knowing my identity kind of helps with my music now. Right. And so, you know, Freak This was one of those songs where, like, it came out very naturally. Like, it was one of those things where, like, you know, I'm not trying too hard. Like, Mm. I'm not, you know, trying to be something I'm not or whatever. Here here it is. Like, I'm kind of, and, like, my music and my lyrics are already kind of, like, in your face kind of raw and kind of you know things like that and so songs like that kind of make it especially like something that's motivational and especially if i'm in a moment or something like that like i write a lot about my feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and stuff and so uh freak this definitely came out pretty you know pretty unique in that in that fashion yeah and it's it's there's something to be said there too i think about harnessing that anxious energy mm-hmm. and that anxiety and turning it into a superpower yeah because it can yeah. serve as a detriment yeah if you get if you like because i know this too because i deal with it as well and it's like if you really start spinning in your head mm-hmm. spinning the wrong way yeah it can be a detriment and a distraction you kind of just get stuck in a way like it's yeah. almost like like okay like i don't know what to do like yeah. you know and i you know i very much feel those uh you know those moments i think that's where music is very special to me is that like a lot of times when i'm having those moments and it turns into something musically that's mm-hmm. kind of where you know the snowball kind of so like if i write that song like then i you know it's a bunch of songs that kind of come after that yeah. like i kind of get in that mode and so like the snowball kind of goes down the hill a little bit and it kind of fuels that fire a little bit and so yeah it's definitely a gift and a curse and like you said it can be like a superpower in a yeah. way there, there's a yin and a yang to everything yeah, uh-huh. you know a dark and a light and you know it's it's finding the ability to see the the light in it mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. so than the dark and that takes time it takes practice oh yeah because it, it de- i definitely it took me a nice little while to find my voice and stuff because like i still have a lot of my old music that i very like you know my first time getting in the studio still on my spotify mm-hmm. and so like i like i was kind of hesitant about keeping it on i'm like and this stuff kind of sucks like i'm not even gonna lie you know but like it's like you can kind of like i want people to be able to have that point of view to where it's like okay this is where i started so like you know now that i am more confident now that i you know know my voice and i know kind of where i'm going with it like you know go check that out and then check out you know what i'm doing now and then you tell me like you know can you hear what it is that i'm trying to you know project and a lot of good things about like my writing my my songwriting is probably my strong suit and so i leave a lot of my songwriting to like up to the person that's listening so like it has like a bunch of the things that i write has a bunch of different meanings yeah has a bunch of different ways that you could like if you hear it one way somebody else might not hear it the same way that's how i love to write like mm-hmm. i love hearing the feedback from people of like oh i never like honestly like yeah i can hear where you got that and i really probably didn't even think about it yeah. in that way and so you know just my songwriting in general kind of leads itself to that whole thinking process that whole mm-hmm. you know hopefully it's you know you can hear the growth and mm-hmm. all of that different stuff yeah yeah and it, i think it's important to 
again, you know, we, we touched on this a little bit before, like, you know, track your own growth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like if you go to the underground music collective website all the way back to 2016, when it was Lehigh Valley underground, don't look at my photo galleries, but also <laughs> if you do look at those photo galleries, you will see the growth from me as a photographer then when yeah. I was just teaching uh-huh. myself to now. And it's like once in a while I do go back there. I'm like, wow, yeah, I sucked. Oh, but this one was actually pretty good for back. And, then. and a lot of the things <laughs> like that you develop too, like so, like a lot of the if you go to my Instagram, like a lot all of the graphics and stuff, like literally over the last couple of years, I've done my own graphics. Yeah. Like so, like people be like, man, how did you create that co- cover? Or how did you and like? I got it popping in Canva. That's what yeah. I did. You know what I'm saying? I had to figure that out. And like as an independent, like you said, you know about. You know, you have to get creative. Like I'm, I can't spend money on every single thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I have to, you know, some. I have to kind of take the initiative. So, like, it was like, yeah, I can't be paying for covers when I got to pay for studio time right. or stuff like that. Let me figure out how I can do this myself. Like, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I think I've been doing my own covers and stuff for the last like two, three years now. Yeah. And so, like, as far as the Instagram and stuff like that, like I can basically do it. Like, I mean, you got a million and one apps to do everything on now. You just kind of takes time to be able to kind of figure it out and do it. And so, um, you know, a lot, even the videos and stuff like it's, it's time consuming, obviously, but yeah. you know, that's what basically all, that's the only thing that really money does to me is basically it just speeds up your timeline. Yeah. And so, you know, but having that, background of like say i do get to the point to where like you know i don't have to worry about creating all my own stuff and graphics and stuff like that at least i know how it works yeah so like now like if somebody comes to me with like maybe they say a crazy price to me it was like dude i know it don't cost that much yeah. like i know like you know I, di- I did what i did for five bucks and you telling me it's gonna cost me 500 that now i know yeah. kind of have that you know background information on different things to where mm-hmm. it's like the music industry is so cutthroat, like people are going to take advantage of you if they can. And people are going, you know, do things to you if they can get away with it. And so, you know, having that background of, you know, I know what, you know, that took, you know, Mm -hmm. I knew, you know, what good is. Yeah. 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 And and I did it. I mean, obviously if other people are thinking it's good and doing it at quality and stuff like that, I know the steps that it takes in order to get there. So now you can kind of put yourself in better positions when you're in different meetings and different things to where it's like, no, I know, you know, that's not all the way what that is. Or I know that, you know, it's going to take a little bit more than what you telling me or, you know, just different stuff like that. And just so having that background information and just having that kind of, you know, in your back pocket to where like, okay, like maybe I need something quick, fast, and I can't get somebody to do it in the timeline that I need for them to do it. Okay. Let me go ahead and get my computer and let me go ahead and get to work. You know what I'm saying? And so it just makes it a little bit easy and gives you another avenue to kind of go down. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are coming up on time, but I've got a few more questions for you. You know, we've talked a lot about the journey so far. Mm -hmm. What about the journey to come? A lot of 2023 left in play. Mm -hmm. What's next? So currently I am working on a lot of projects, obviously jams and joysticks. I plan on ramping that up a little bit. I will get back to doing some streaming. I did kind of cut that out to kind of save some time to do some other things. Uh, So I'll be back to streaming. I'll still be doing interviews and things like that. Um, as far as musically, uh, stay tuned. Um, I do have some things in the works that I am very excited to, you know, share and I will be actually sharing it, you know, fairly soon. Um, so, you know, if you don't follow me on socials, please do. And I will be like releasing all of that stuff, but I do have a lot of music in the works. Um, you know, I have a lot of things that I would like to do as far as collabs and, you know, different things like that. Um, just working with different people uh, as far as 
kind of creating like because another thing that i'm kind of into is like you know the whole videography movie type uh-huh. like like mu- music videos have kind of lost their luster mm-hmm. but i have like as the songwriting kind of progressed i've wanted to like write like short series and yeah. like, maybe like short movies and mm-hmm. stuff and i kind of want to incorporate that into like music videos and stuff and so uh, you know, finding people to work with on stuff like that to kind of storyboard and just different stuff like that. So, you know, music, gaming, you know, I'm trying to hit the gambit as far as, you know, and, and keeping it within my brand, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I have a lot to come as far, you know, 2023 is looking to be a huge year uh, into 2024. Like these next two years for me are going to be humongous. And so, uh, I'm hoping to kind of continue and, you know, kind of keep the trajectory going. Mm-hmm. Well, best of luck going forward. Thank you much. I, I have one deep question before mm-hmm. we start to do all the social media and sign off stuff. So if there is one lesson from your entire creative journey to this point that you would go back and tell your younger self mm-hmm. or that you would impart to somebody, you know, just starting out mm-hmm. uh, that would be invaluable to them. What would that lesson be? This thing is hard, man. Like do not think that you gonna like it is easy to look at social media and all these different things and see all these people with all these money and all this different stuff like that is not reality like right. people are showing you the best part of their lives you don't know what's going on in the background you don't know what's going on behind the scenes so you might as well just do what you know and stick to yourself and uh you know basically stay authentic and go at your own pace. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't compare yourself to other people. That's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's true. Like you can't compare yourself to like, I, I would be stupid to compare myself to my favorite artist, Lil Wayne. Like I, that would be stupid. Like, why would I do that? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, and it's easy to do that when you see all of the stuff that, you know, you kind of aspire to, you know, the things you want mm-hmm. and you know, you might want the house, the cars and all that different stuff. But like you have to, eventually you can get there. And obviously that's what basically you should use that for is motivation. Like, you know, maybe I might have to take a few different detours. I might have to take a few different steps. I might not get there the way that, you know, they got there because your journey is your journey. And so um, you just have to stay true to yourself and not try to compare yourself to other people. And also it never happens overnight for anybody, even if it appears that way. Overnight does not mean overnight. You don't, you don't know how much money went into that you like especially like these artists were like you know you have a lot of artists that people like they're not that good well i mean there's a lot that goes into it to give you the illusion that they're doing you know what they're doing you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying and so like you just you just might as you're just better off going at your own pace you better off focusing you know not necessarily having tunnel vision but you know keep that kind of you know that buffer to where it's like hey that's possible Mm -hmm. so like if that's something you want to do yeah, look at that, you know, kind of internalize it to where like, yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm going to use that as motivation. And, you know, that's my push to kind of get there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of like when I moved to town, like Lizzo had just blown up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, it's like all of a sudden you're hearing about Lizzo everywhere. Yeah. Like, Who's this yeah. Lizzo person? Yeah. But, you know, when you actually like peel back the story, she was living in her car for almost a decade, yep. negative mm-hmm. bank balances, eating fast food every night. Yep. Like, I think she lived in her car three different times. It's like, the Lizzo that you just started hearing about yeah. one day did not uh-huh. become that person overnight. Yeah. There's and and no that journey thing. that she went on propelled her to where she is. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that she had moments to where she was, you know, like, man, I really want to, you know, get to this place. Or uh-huh. man, like I'm, I'm such a place of lack, but you really like, I guess the way you should look at it is look at yourself. Like you're coming from a place of abundance instead mm-hmm. of lack. Yeah. And so, 
I think, I mean, and that's very hard to do, especially yeah. like if you had a hard upbringing or, you know, hard childhood or whatever yeah. case may be, like you kind of have to have the mindset of you're starting from a place of abundance and you, it can only grow from there. Yeah. What can you do right now with what you have? I look at it as, you know, leaning on football again, you know, what's the down and distance right yeah. now? Yeah. What do I need to do to move the chains? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes like it's third and one. Yeah. Sometimes it's third and 30. Sometimes it's like, yeah, sometimes it's a little move. Sometimes, you know, you got, you got to kind of, you know, take that risk, you know, mm-hmm. so, but you kind of have to stay within self that it goes back to that. Like, there are things that you might have to do that you not necessarily, you know, never thought you might would have to do or you might never have to, you know, thought about doing. But like if you're true to self, you'll know if it's the right time to do it. You'll know if it's the right thing to do. And so um, it's just, you know, be your own star player. Like, I mean, it is there's no reason to kind of look at other people and be like, oh, man, where they made it. You know, I can't make it because they got this, that. and the other. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. Absolutely. I love it, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining. Not uh, a problem. Before I do my sign off, I want to give you a chance to let people know where they can follow the journey online. So I am 2-4. Once again, uh, you can go to my website if you like. It's therealtwo4.net. Um, I do have a solo link. It is solo.2 slash 2-4-world. You'll find all of my links there. Um, and, yeah, I'll be all over socials. I'll be making sure that you see me uh, pretty soon, you know, with ads and whatnot. So uh, don't click off of me if you, if you see me coming by. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I have a lot of uh, more music coming. I'll have, you know, I'll be doing the game and stuff. I'll be uh, having some fashion things come about, you know, looking for sponsorships. If you want to collab with me, I'm pretty easy to get in touch with. Um, so, you know, I'm open to kind of do a whole bunch of different things. So, yeah, if you see 2-4, hey, come holla at me. Support everything 2-4 is doing. It's great stuff. Thank you, man. Look forward to doing this again. I hope so. I surely hope so. Me this too. Was fun. Me too. I, I feel like we could keep going. Yeah, you know? yeah, we could. I yeah, only have sure. the room for so long, but <laughs> I feel like we'll definitely do a part two. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. And this has been the Quinn Spin, two ends and Quinn, two ends and Spin. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, YouTube, and more also on Instagram at QuinnSpinOfficial. Learn more about the show as well at undergroundmusiccollective.com, our central hub for all things independent music, creativity, community, and more. UMC is also on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. You can follow the UMC 20 playlist on Spotify, 20 Fresh Tracks, and the latest episode or episodes of this podcast. We're releasing two a week right now, so you get two <laughs> bonus tracks probably until the summer. when And things... Freak This is on that playlist as well. So it hey, is. Go yeah. ahead. As of recording, and there'll be more tracks to come. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, NashLive.Live, we've got some shows coming up. We've actually got a little uh, birthday celebration up at the Holistic Connection in Madison taking place uh, for for yours truly. We've All got right. some songwriters uh, just going to be doing a little benefit for Underground Music Collective. That's this Friday, March 10th, 6 to 10 Holistic Connection, Rivergate location in Madison, Tennessee. Revel Nine's all I've become. I'm going to take us out just like it brought us in. The end instead of the beginning. And I will see you this Thursday with Claire Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs>